Hello, and welcome to another episode of Screen Bites, our thought leader series where we learn from industry experts about the latest trends and challenges from across the conversion TV space. I'm your host, Michael Beach. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Screen Bites, where we interview the leaders in the conversion TV space. Uh, today, it's my pleasure to welcome uh, Tal Chalozin uh, to Screen Bites. Tal is the CTO and co-founder of Innovid, uh, leader in the connected TV space. Um, you know, Tal is one of my favorite people in the convergent TV space. Um, we often overlap at and speak at the same conferences, and I always make it a point to uh, be in the room whenever or Tal gives his talk and uh, walk away with a you know, multiple pages full of notes. So, you know, thank you for joining us today, Tal. Oh, you're setting the bar away. First of all, thank you, and thanks for the kind words. Thanks for having me. You're setting the bar for the viewers way too high. I'm clearly not going to live up for that dream, but, uh, but thank you anyhow. Absolutely. All right, well, let's start off with a, an easy icebreaker. We, we kind of asked every guest so far, uh, what was your first job and, and what lessons did you take away from that that have uh, helped you with your career? Uh, I don't have a lot of, uh, of job history. Uh, I was in the Israeli Air Force uh, for quite some time, uh, eight and a half years or so, um, as a developer in, the, in one, of the, uh, one of the unit that writes embedded software for uh, and command and control software for planes and helicopters and ammunition. Um, it was an awesome experience. What did I learn from that? Uh, I think the biggest, the biggest lesson is that there's no, there's zero toler- tolerance for bugs in, in the code. That's maybe the biggest, uh, the biggest thing I learned is that uh, you need to test everything and uh, you never deploy anything with, uh, with errors. There's jail, t- jail time if you go, if you deploy something with bugs. Yeah, a little, uh, little more serious than uh, what we're dealing with today. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's, I have this stupid joke that is not really funny, but uh, in both jobs I used, uh, there was heavy focus on targeting. Um, but... <laughs> I love it. Uh, how uh, did you start in the conversion TV space? So we started you know, with uh, Zviga Netter, uh, um, Zach Zigdon, and myself, uh, my uh, two, uh, two partners. Uh, we started in a bit back in 2008 with uh, kind of the dream that television must move to the internet. We didn't know anything about uh, about the space, let alone the advertising side of things. Uh, we didn't know how to spell CPM or anything uh, anything along those lines. But it was uh, that was the time that Hulu was kind of emerging, and uh, it was post the YouTube acquisition, and we felt like uh, television must move. Uh, to that space, and with that, uh, there is a lot, a lot of spaces that will change. Specifically, the user experience. Uh, we believe that you people will create new type of content and new type of ads, uh, and there will be better measurement, and everything will be like on the internet will be better and more, more accurate and more connected. Um, and we set on this journey, frankly, to uh, to build a software that power better advertising on the web. Uh, when, when I'm sorry, on television when it moves to the web without really knowing what exactly that means. Um, and it took a long time for television actually to converge and, and to move to the internet, but, uh, but that was our mission from the get-go. We started with technology for interactive commercials, moved into uh, different forms of um, better engagement, then expanded into ad serving, uh, and then expanded into measurement and personalization, a lot of different things, but all in and around the same idea. Excellent. And kind of before we jump in uh, you know, deeper in the conversation, 
kind of mind giving our community an idea on you know where Innovit sits uh, in, in the convergent TV space? Of course. Uh, so Innovit, uh, we have three parts to our product. One of them, maybe the core would be an ad serving technology uh, focused on the buy side. So we, we power technology predominantly to uh, media buying agencies, uh, brands that in-house uh, technology and other people who license software. Uh, and the core is an ad serving technology. We're very proud to be the largest video ad server right now in the US and in several other countries we operate. Um, there's uh, coming on 40% of all US video is being streamed by us, ad served by us. Uh, so for the techie side of the audience, we generate the vast tags and we stream the MP4 file or, uh, or uh, HLS or whatever that is. Um, and uh, on top of that, there are two other sides of application. One of them is as we deliver the video, we want to make sure that that payload of the video would be as, as relevant and as exciting as an uh, uh, interesting uh, as it can be. So we have a set of tools, everything from shoppable interactivity all the way down to uh, uh, depersonalization of the video. So a marketer can create many versions of the video and then in real time serve the right version to the right person. And then on the other side, we have a set of tools on measurement um, that uh, extract as much data as possible from every ad we deliver, anything from just delivery, viewability, um, uh, demographic data, and others, all the way to uh, what we invest a lot this year is uh, when we get deeper into television is reach and frequency and, uh, and more things that, um, that allow TV buyers to feel more comfortable in the connected television space. Yeah, it's you know, a great follow-up on that. You know, more than a decade in the space, you know, I'm sure this answer has changed over time, but, you know, do you see, I guess at the start, did you see a lot more kind of siloed video buying teams uh, than you see today? And, and, you know, kind of what's the best entry point for your organization? Oh, of course. Uh, definitely changed. Our story didn't change a lot, frankly. Uh, we, we stuck to our guns uh, quite a lot, uh, but the environment changed a lot. Uh, uh, online video or digital video back in 2009, give or take, uh, when we did kind of first integration into a CBS or an MTV uh, video player to serve Vast or VPaid uh, changed a lot to where it is today. To your question about buyers, um, so, um, so first of all, yes, it was predominantly agent or only agencies in the beginning. Brands did not really dabbled into that type of technology and video was kind of redhead stepchild back then. Um, so we, uh, it was mostly bought by or only bought by digital team. And it was almost like a banner extension. You buy the people who buy banners uh, also buy or buy rich media also buy this new emerging format, uh, which kind of looks like a rich media where, uh, which is video. It, it's changed quite a lot uh, in the past couple of years. There's uh, ever, ever since connected television is growing, it, it feels and smells a lot more like, uh, like television. So it depends on the agency, um, but by and large, everyone starts a form of convergence from broadcast or, or TV buyers to, the, to video buyers. Many agencies already merge completely, and this is a one, uh, one purchase. Um, to be completely honest, it's, it's very much driven by the sellers as well, more and more sellers uh, uh, during the upfront time, don't sell screen or don't sell only 
uh, broadcast like NBC uh, uh, and ABC have a 360 or Unify or other type of, uh, of product that, uh, that sells video everywhere. Uh, so that also drives the buyers to say, I need to buy, buy it holistically. Operation, operationally, it's still very separate. This is where we invest a lot of time on the, on the workflow tools to make, it, to make it easier so it's not as siloed, but it is, frankly, frankly, it's very siloed on the operation. To run a campaign from a buy side, it's still fairly siloed. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of progress there, but still you know, plenty ahead. Um, you know, back a few months ago, uh, Innovid launched uh, Innovid IQ, um, which you know we'll, we'll link to in the in the newsletter this week. But Thank you. Um, you know, I think it's a must see for you know trends, especially um, you know by screen and, and by industry. You know, tell our audience a little bit more about that. You know, along with kind of an interesting data point you come across recently. Sure. So uh, first of all, we we deliver so many ads, uh, and we always got a lot of questions. Anything from uh, media buyers, brands, uh, uh, TV networks, any other vendors in the space, all the way to uh, Wall Street analysts and other, other people that are in, uh, interested in, uh, in trends in the space. So we always got a lot of questions. We used to release quarterly reports, but as uh, mid-March, as kind of the shelter-in-place started, uh, it was obvious that we need a lot more heartbeat-level data. Um, um, and... Uh, and there's so many people that uh, that are interested in that. So we got a lot of questions. We decided, uh, all kudos to our to our marketing team uh, that packaged uh, all of this data in this in this tool uh, that you're kind, super kind to mention, uh, our Innovate IQ. Um, so Stephanie Gino, our our head of marketing, is spearheading uh, spearheading this product, which right now is updated on a weekly basis. And there there are two sides of the house. We we talk a lot about um, um, specific vertical of marketers and how do they um, change on a week over week basis or, or year over year basis. At the beginning, it was uh, very apparent that we had uh, big um, uh, lower numbers from automotive, from entertainment, for, from uh, travel advertisers. Uh, then what we've seen is a big comeback. There's many verticals that came back very, er- very quick into the, into the marketplace. Uh, specifically, uh, I must call out CPG, insurance, and pharma are maybe the, the largest verticals that not only came back into the marketplace, but also are doubling down on it. Uh, some of those verticals all the way to doubling year over year uh, right now in spend. And we see that every week you can go to Innovate IQ to see the exact numbers. But even last week, every week we see we see those verticals up. But uh, uh, CPG and pharma are the largest uh, increase um, um, at uh, 106 or 120 percent year-over-year growth uh, just this week. But this is followed by a lot of other weeks of uh, of increases. So this is about the vertical. But uh, another thing that people are very interested about is just the growth of CTV. Um, so I'll give you high-level numbers of overall innovate. So that's it to give context. So in, in Q1, and the data that I'm sharing are, are constant advertiser basis, just to, to, create, uh, to create an even playing field. So in Q1, we've seen a, we were uh, flat to a low single digit up year over year. So April was down, uh, but then we've seen a recovery uh, in May and definitely in June. So we were up low single digit, about three to four uh, digit overall innovative numbers. Um, and then Q3, specifically July and August, 
uh, or up 25%. Uh, in September, so far, is up even more than that um, on, uh, on, again, a year-over-year -year basis. Uh, this is overall innovative across every screen, across every advertiser, every type of media. If you just look at CTV, the numbers are, uh, are a lot more exciting. Uh, even as, as harsh uh, as Q2 was, we've seen 39% year-over-year growth of CTV. So comparing uh, CTV ads in Q2 2019 to Q2 2020, and this is by volume, everyone asks us those numbers. So this is not spend, not CPM, not, any, not avails. Uh, not viewership, not streams. This is actual ads served uh, on impression basis. We're up uh, 39%. And uh, July and August is already up 54% uh, year over year. And September, in the first half of September, we're over 60% year over year growth uh, on CTV. So, uh, so CTV is definitely the, uh, leading the charge of, uh, of the year over year growth. And it's an amazing engine that uh, not only that is growing super fast, but even accelerating uh, the, the speed of growth. That's incredible. That's, uh, that's my story. Incredible. Well, you know, I've been both involved in the you know, digital transformation of, of media for a while. And you know, a common conversation I know that I'm having is that you know, in the last six months, you know, we've basically seen you know, five to 10 years of, of transformation kind of packed into a short period you know, do you agree with that? And if yes, uh, do you see that being the new normal? 100%. Um, uh, it's been, um, we started, I'll give you the, a little bit of a long answer, I'm sorry, but we started, uh, uh, we, we started our journey in CTV in 2013. We signed the first deal with Roku back when no one actually knew what Roku is. Um, and, uh, and the numbers were very, very small back then. Uh, and you're right, it started maybe the, the big step function started maybe 18 months ago, uh, where we started, where connected television was not this rounding error, but something people started to pay attention. But 100% this year, um, we ever since, this is the biggest thing that happened since March and uh, all of 2020 is the increase of CTV. We have, uh, so just to give you a number, uh, average across all of Innovid, CTV is roughly 40% of all of traffic that we deliver in the United States. And this is including Facebook video, including Snapchat video, including a lot of other things that doesn't even play in connected television. Um, but, and this is 40% of everything uh, we have. And this is across all marketers. So that, that's the average number. We see marketers that some marketers that this is roughly 50% of their overall volume. And because CPMs on CTV by and large are even larger, so that means that this is 55 to 60% of overall spend on dollar basis. So this is definitely something that it's not a redhead stepchild, not something to, not a rounding error, but it becomes the core um, of, uh, of what you do and everything else is, uh, is, um, uh, are, are the other things. Um, and definitely that's the new normal uh, we've seen a spike in more Roku devices, more Apple TV devices, more Amazon Fire devices unlocked just in, in sheer app device IDs that we see uh, in the space. No one is going to send them back. Um, even if I, if I lowered my cable, disconnect from cable, or, or lower my viewership on traditional TV because sports were out of the ecosystem, even when sports is back right now, um, streaming is stronger than ever. So this is definitely not uh, not going back. Yeah, so obviously, you know, we're 
kind of undergoing a, a massive transformation in, in consumption. And then you know, the overall video ad marketplace has been, uh, you know, seen some disruption from the pandemic uh, in terms of, you know, industries and, and just where spend is heading. Um, you know, what are a couple of key areas that, you know, Innovit is, has really, uh, you know, reacted to this and kind of built for the future? Oh, uh, a lot of things. First and foremost, I would say, or maybe I'll, I'll try to summarize it into two parts. One is around measurement and data. Uh, the other one is around uh, workflows. So on, on measurement and data, um, the biggest question still people are asking is reach and frequency. I want to know uh, my cross-platform reach. Where do I, um, there's many sellers in the connected television space. Um, and, uh, and it's obvious that there's duplication of audience. I want to know uh, what is unique, what is duplicative between CTV sellers and what is duplicative between linear and, and CTV. That's a very, very common question. Uh, during COVID and during the shelter in place, uh, another question that was added around measurement is, is more um, uh, cost-based attribution. So an actual return on ad spend, more and more marketers are saying, I don't care about cost per point. I don't care about uh, completion rate or viewability or things like that that are, are crazy proxies. I want to know how many dollars drove an add to cart? How many dollars drove an app download? How many dollars drove uh, an actual purchase um, or, or things like that? Uh, and we see that even for non-common like QSRs, restaurants, McDonald's, Burger King, uh, Pizza Hut and other, other vendors like that that uh, are now reliant a lot on delivery or driving are, are focusing so much more on attribution. So, uh, and, and like hardcore numbers. Uh, so this is uh, this was a uh, one part that is uh, um, uh, there is a big focus. The other one is that connected television is very fragmented, and we don't believe that it's going to change. It's not going to be a winner-takes-all market like search and social that was dominated by a single player. There are going to be a lot of players, um, and uh, because of that, workflow efficiency is a super super key part. Uh, if you want to build a big nationwide reach, you need to buy media from Peacock, you need to buy media from YouTube, from Hulu, and use DSPs and, and other parts. Uh, it needs to be uh, seamless and efficient, otherwise uh, it's not, uh, you increase your cost uh, significantly. Um, so this is an area we invest a lot because um, quality needs to be extremely high. No one is willing to compromise quality on this uh, workflow part, specifically when guys like Peacock come into the ecosystem, um, shameless plug starting in uh, first of October 1st, uh, Peacock is gonna allow vast ad serving, uh, which means that you can now actually do third party ad serving. Uh, and we work very, very closely with that team to make sure that uh, workflow efficiency doesn't contradict uh, quality. And we still can, uh, uh, can employ uh, extremely high quality that television service uh, require. Uh, but make it make it super efficient. But more to come on that uh, on that part. So this is uh, sorry for a long answer, but that's uh, that's the big things that people are asking, and we're investing time in. That's very exciting. Well, looking ahead, you know, what's the the one uh, potential development in the convergent TV space that you're most excited about? Well, so many things. Uh, to be completely frank, we, we, we service agency, we service marketers, but uh, we think all the time this is where we started and it's been our, 
our um, kind of lighthouse uh, all along is focused about the viewer. Um, it's still the case that if I am a viewer of the streaming world, uh, all my friend thinks that we are single-handedly are the one that are uh, uh, in charge of making sure that uh, there will not going to be the same ads over, over the uh, all the time. I'm sure you're getting at the same time from your wife or from your friends all the time. Why do I see the same ads all the time? Why is uh, I see a bad ad? Why is the quality not as good? Why I'm not buying a car or don't have kids? Why do I see diapers ads or uh, all of those things? I think that this is the real thing that we need to solve. Um, and I even, we take responsibility for that. Again, we, we clearly have only a small sliver of that, but, uh, uh, but as a pretty big player in the space, I think we're responsible uh, to, uh, to, make, uh, to make an impact. And that's an area where we are focusing. And I think that that's our, our, our job here will be done when, uh, when the experience of viewing ads on television or ad supported television will be, will be amazing. I, I always look at Instagram um, uh, as a pretty good experience um, uh, for the one reason that it's not that I'm forced to watch it. It's actually the other way around. I'm scrolling with my, with my finger um, and I'm stopping to watch ads. So it's a complete reverse model. If I like, I, I'm like skate, I like skateboarding. So when I'm skiing, I'm seeing a skateboarding ad, I'm actually stopping to watch that because this is, this is the best blur between content and ads that uh, it could be. This should be the same experience in television. That people are not forced to watch that, they actually want to watch it. And that, that's the thing that we need to improve. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will get out of here with one more question here uh, you know, yeah. for our community. Uh, you know, in the current environment, you know, if you could get your entire team to read one book, what would that book be? The book I'll recommend is uh, Shoshana Zuboff, Surveillance Capitalism. Uh, book, which uh, is clearly to the extreme, but I think uh, we're paying a lot of attention to the world of identity and the world of data tracking. Uh, internet over internet advertising overall was built on a tracking by default uh, type of mentality, and I think that television or the second act of advertising when it comes to television needs to be built in a privacy by default. So you collect first and foremost uh, the world is private, and you collect only the thing that you are allowed to, and only the thing that you actually need. Uh, to actually do your job and not not the other way around. So it's not that this book is the is end all be all, and there's a many things that I do not agree with, but I think it definitely opens people's eyes and ears to uh, to what's actually happening in the in the um, surveillance economy. That's a great book. Well, Tal, I'm, I'm grateful for your time, and I know our, our community is going to find this uh, you know, extremely valuable, and I'm sure. Uh, you know, we'll have, you know, follow-up questions and, and we'll put all the links uh, to everything in the, in the newsletter. But, you know, again, I want to uh, you know, you send you our best thanks here. Of course. Thank you so much. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, Cross Green Media. And uh, super excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Screen Bites. I hope you enjoyed the discussion as much as I did. You can find out more about Cross Green Media at crossgreenmedia.com. And please don't forget to sign up for our weekly newsletter, Stay to the Screens. You can find us on social media at Cross Media. Join us next time for more insights and analysis straight from the experts.